Welcome to the Multiply Network Podcast, a podcast created to champion church multiplication, provide learning, and inspire new disciple-making communities across Canada. Hi there. Thanks for tuning in again to the Multiply Network Podcast. My name is Paul Fraser, and I'm the host of this podcast. So glad you took the time to listen in today. I know you're going to love our interview, but before we get to that, we'd love to let you know a way to get a hold of us. Multiply Network at POC.org. You can email us. Let us know what you think. Maybe some of the topics you'd like to hear, future guest interviews, those types of things. We'd love to hear back from you. We're working hard at trying to provide great content and great stories. So if you could do that, that'd be amazing. Today's interview is with Pastor Ben Narayanan from Australia. God brought him, his wife, his family, and a team of people to come plant a church in North Vancouver. Lots of similarities between Australia and Canada. Maybe not in accent, but in culture. So this interview is going to be great. You're going to love it. It's coming up right now. Welcome to the Multiply Network podcast. So great to have you on today. Thanks, Paul. Super excited to be chatting with you today. Yes, I know you're in a very, very busy season with the launch of your church. At the end of this month, Avant Life is going to be kicking off. We're so excited to track with your journey. But before we get down that path, tell us a little bit about who you are, your family, where you're from, and how you ended up in Canada. Well, that's, that'll be fun. Um, so my wife, Emma, and I, we are both Australians. We are from the land down under, um, originating from the capital city, Canberra. We have three lovely kids, Levi, which is our eldest. He is turning eight soon. Alice, our middle child, who's our terror, she is turning six soon. And then we've got Eden, uh, our, our youngest daughter, who is two. Um, and they were all born in Australia uh, for the last or previous seven years we've been on staff at a church down in Canberra called Life Unlimited Church, uh, where we were running youth, young adults, um, the creative arts streams, uh, business operations, events, internships, all these different fun uh, departments we were getting to lead in our pastoral capacities. Um, but in 2015, at a, a, a pastor's retreat conference, the Holy Spirit began to place on our heart a new season um, and that something was going to change. Now, to be completely honest, at no point during that moment did I think God was going to be sending us to North Vancouver, uh, but we did know things were changing. And then, and then over the year of 2016, he began to really just show us where and why he wanted us to move um, and allowing doors to open that were impossible to open, uh, just placing things on our hearts and our minds and, and growing a team that would eventually come with us. We had, we had 12 people come with us um, from our sending church to to do what was considered in our minds uh, a, a journey of a lifetime, and that is to plant a new church here in North Vancouver. So that's how we ended up here. Did you have church planting in your heart before that time, or was it just at that 2015 season? Do you know what? Uh, I was always told by my dad, be careful what I think and what I pray. And I always, in my heart, didn't want to be a church planter. Um, my parents were. And... And it's a hard gig, right? So for a long time, I just chose that that's not something I want to put myself through. Um, but in 2015, something shifted and, and my heart began to get excited about the possibility of pioneering something 
um, from scratch. Uh, and so I would say I actively resisted any thought of church planting, but when the Holy Spirit really moved in my life, um, what was something that I guess caused me stress began to actually fill my tank with excitement. And so Avant Life is going to be starting at the end of this month. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about the vision of the church, your heart, uh, where you came up with the name, how did that all fit together for you? Yeah, I would love to. So uh, when Emma and I were praying about, we'll start with the name because it's actually really important to to where the journey ends up. But when we were praying, well, God, what would you want us to to call this 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 new church that you're asking us to plant, um, the words avant life came to, to us, but we, we really did not think that that was real at the time. So we tried every other name like life chapel, you know, <laughs> all these different, very good and, and normal sounding church names. Um, but we just couldn't es- escape avant life. And now the reason we say that is, is that avant is actually derived from the term avant garde, which is a creative term for those, who go before um, and those who, who are cutting edge and innovative in all that they're doing. And avant-garde is derived from the military term, the vanguard, which was the, the first to go uh, into any form of battle. And so uh, we really knew and we really felt that God was putting in our DNA, uh, starting with our name, that we're going to be a church that is always forward moving, always on the precipice of change, always innovating, always finding new ways to, to communicate the life-changing message that is Christ. Um, and that if we, if we understood that that name actually encompasses our DNA and, and what we believe, um, that there would be power in it. So we just pursued it. Um, and then ironically, it just, it is a half French, half English name, which would make sense in Canada, which, which was not thought that wasn't deliberate, but that's just how it ended up being. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's- uh, so that's how we came up with the name. Um, and that name has been a powerful guide in all the decisions we make, um, because we are desperate to, to reach a generation that's particularly shut off from the things of God. And they, and they only tend to listen through, through ways that are now cutting edge and, and, and creative. Yeah, totally. And what's, what's unique about your church as we've journeyed a little bit together and getting to know you and your wife and, and uh, you know, the heart of the church, you've got a unique situation as you are merging as a new church plant with an existing church and we'll be going and using their building. And so when we think about uh, church planting uh, in the future, Stats are actually telling us that more and more of these types of things are happening where new church plants are merging with existing ones to help strengthen. Uh, There's benefits to both. Why don't you talk about the positives and some of the challenges with that? Yeah, it's been an interesting story uh, unfold right here on the North Shore of Vancouver. Uh, When we first left Australia, the word that God had given us was that he was not finished yet, that if we would be obedient, we would, uh, we would inherit from the faithfulness of those who have gone before us for decades. Um, and, and we weren't quite sure what that exactly meant for us. We, we did not know anyone here or any of the churches in Vancouver or all the lower mainland at all. And uh, when we arrived, it wasn't until eight months into our pioneering work that we actually 
began to engage in relationship with the pastor of of this previously existing church. Now, in saying that, you know, there's plenty of churches right across this country that have found themselves in a scenario where they no longer have the momentum or the the human resource to to carry on the work. Um, it wasn't something on our radar, but as we began to to build this relationship, both sides of the conversation began to realize that maybe there was a divine purpose here greater than just a opportunity that God was bringing old and new together and that he had called people from Australia to come and essentially build new walls on old foundations. Um, and we really, we really see our current situation as, as similar to that of Nehemiah where where he didn't go and rebuild the foundations of Jerusalem. He built on the foundations something new. And we see that happening right now. Now, in saying that, obviously, there's, there's cultural changes. There's cultural differences within your different church communities that have to become together as one. Um, and we've found that, for the most part, it has been incredibly filled with grace. And, and there is this spirit that, is, that God is doing something bigger than us that that graces us to deal with our differences in a really healthy manner now that just requires a lot of open communication um and a constant vision casting and constant pastoral uh involvement you just sort of can't let that feed itself um and so we've just been we've just made sure that our communication lines between everyone is really open and really clear um but the benefits that would probably be the hardest part to manage the benefits are that we've got this this building that represents years of faithfulness coming to life again um and and you know we we had we had the majority of of the previous church members from the old church join our team and get on launch uh, the launch team and get excited and have been great investors and helping the momentum forward and and just seeing in their own life the things of god become alive again um, as they see young people fill the building for the first time in decades, right? Um, the benefits outweigh any form of management that you need to do. I think this is a scenario that should play out more often than it does, but it takes a high level of faith and belief and, and a bigger kingdom picture than just, than just an individual church. Absolutely. And being a young leader too and navigating this stuff you know, you must have, you, I don't know if there's a lot of Bible college courses that teach you how to plant a church and merge with an existing one. There, there's definitely, I don't think there is one, but, but there's plenty of churches out there that, that need new life. And I, I, we should make a course. We should write a course. for. Yes, it that's good. That's what we'll do in the <laughs> multiply network. Uh, and you can kind of be the lead writer on that. So, yeah. so coming from Australia, we've chatted a little bit. Um, church planting over there. There's some similarities to here. We've talked about that. Some differences. Maybe highlight what are some similarities you've noticed between Australia? Because Australia is seeing an incredible move of God there where the the culture was even more post-Christian than we were and now church planting and there's revitalization. So you've been there. You're starting to plant here. Obviously, you don't fully know everything about church planting in Canada, you're still in the, in the, in the midst of, of launch, launch season or pre-launch season. Any similarities, any differences, any things we can learn? You know, Canada and Australia are same, same, but different. 
So in many ways, the mindset towards, uh, I guess, how they view Christianity from a secular point of view is pretty much identical. It's, it's, it is, it's two peas in a pod in that sense. So how you approach, especially that millennial generation that really is now coming into a position of authority in society. They really are the main workforce and, and they're entering the, the leadership years of that generation. Um, for most of them, you know, that whole idea that Christianity is a religion but doesn't have a spiritual faith-based side to it is pretty prevalent in both societies. Um, I think you're, you're quite correct. Australia had, had just this and has had for, for an extended period of time, it almost be three decades now, this outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which is actually allowed to see, you know, that whole decline of the church grind to a halt. Um, and, and I guess, and as an encouragement to the Pentecostal Association of Canada, the reality is if you look through the statistics in Australia, it's been the Pentecostal movements that have grown that to a halt. They are the ones growing so that you're seeing the overall national uh, uh, numbers begin to, to steady and stabilize again as, as these millennials begin to fall in love with the message of hope. Um, and we're seeing that through Planet Shakers and Hillsong and the C3 movement. Now, what I get inspired about that is, is that Canada is essentially the same, you know, it, it has the same ability and, and cultural mindset to have the same outpouring flow over. It's ready to see God move. And, and I know often you look at the disaffiliation rates within or percentages in, in Canada. It's, I think it's about 27% nationally, but in BC, it's over 50% of people don't want anything to do with religion. Um, in those moments, I just know when the Holy Spirit begins to move, uh, you're going to see the same outpouring that happened in Australia begin to happen here. Uh, and he put this on our hearts and we believe it, that God's not finished yet. He's, he's proven in a country like Australia that things can change, that he'll turn tides and that prayer wins the fight. And he's going to do the same here in Canada because it's, it's, it, we're all Commonwealth. We all have this similar mindset, the similar background. Um, and we just know that Emma and I, we've come not as an answer, but we really feel privileged because I feel like God's, God's been so, uh, he's blessed us so much to come at a moment that we can sense that right across the church of Canada, God's, God's on the move. Right. Um, and we're going to see something incredible happen here. Yeah. And I just love how you talk about the Holy Spirit moving as a Pentecostal movement. It's, it's in our hearts to see an authentic move of God's spirit, draw those far from him and to hear our, brothers and sisters in Australia reaching millennials and uh, and with encounters with the Holy Spirit is in, is so encouraging. And, uh, you know, thanks for bringing that up. That's an excellent point for us to, like you said, prayer wins the fight. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, you know, working in a national office, getting different emails from different uh, people who live in different countries wanting to come to Canada. And in some of the best planters we've got, uh, God has brought from other countries, you know, and we're seeing a pathway starting where God has this tremendous heart for Canada, but he's bringing workers like it's almost like we're praying God bring us workers and he is not only in Canada raising them up but outside of Canada and you are one of those workers that God has you and your wife and your family are workers that God has brought to help us reach Canada 
And how was that process for you? How was the culture shift coming in? What are some things we can learn about maybe on-ramping those who are coming to plant churches from other countries better? Um, do you know what? It's funny. I, I We speak about this quite regularly. It, our story seems to be one that is as unique at the moment in the fact that it's it's uncommon that you'd find countries like Canada and Australia cross-pollinating in a missional front in that sense. Um, and so coming in from, from Australia, I think, I think when I look at what we've gone through, um, you know, it's, it's being mindful of the most logistical things that are required, like sponsor churches. So someone might've raised their own income from their sending nation. Um, but, but legally and, and for immigration reasons, they need a church to actually send that funds to, and that church would then have to employ them as a, as a church planter so that they could remain here with the security, knowing that they've got the right level of immigration. So just knowing that we have processes in place for people who are coming going, well, are there churches out there that actually have a, a, a almost a, they were going to, they're going to billet this church plant. Right. Um, and so I look at, at Scott Galati at first Avenue in Chilliwack and how God brought us together. And we've been documenting, what's worked, what hasn't worked, because we really believe that more people are going to come and we're going to need systems that allow for these church plants to be billeted. Now, everyone, I, I know right around the world, people look at Australia and go, there's a great move of the Holy Spirit. And there was, but what a lot of people don't know, a lot of that spurred on by missionaries from New Zealand. Wow. Okay. Right? Okay. You know, and so you got, you know, Hillsong was started by Kiwis. Um, you know, C3 movement, it, there's there's kiwis like so it's not uncommon that people bring other nations to come in and encourage the host nation so that's it's actually really good god will do that right across the globe but those logistical systems make for easier transitions right because you know simple things we take for granted when we've lived in a country long enough like your your medical your health care your education where your kids go to school where you shop how you can get like uh, different government benefits versus your taxation. It's all different when you change country um, and having clear, clear people to come and walk alongside them. So beneficial. It will cut down. It probably, if we had thought it through on that level, we probably have cut six months off our journey, um, which is the reality. Right. And, and uh, we just know moving forward, even with people that have come since we've arrived, being able to share with them our contract to show them what contract we gave to the government has been super beneficial. It's shortened their time. I love how you uh, described it as a billet, you know, where where you're like churches need to billet uh, church planters. Yeah. Why don't you talk about your relationship with uh, Pastor Scott there in Chilliwack? You know what? That relationship has been, and and this is not me exaggerating, the most exaggerating, the most beneficial relationship. Uh, since arriving here. Oh, great. Um, you know, Scott has been a great friend. He's been a great mentor and he's been a great influencer in what we're doing. Um, and he believes in it and he, and he's, and he's, he's opened it up for his whole church to be a part of this journey where it's, where there's this symbiosis where, uh, you know, a church in Chilliwack is, is not just by name only, but by spirit and in function, helping plant a church on the North shore. Um, and so the, so the way we made sure we fostered that relationship in a healthy manner was once a month, 
our whole team would go out to Chilliwack, which is about an hour and 10 minutes from us. And we would do church with them once a month. You know, we would help lead worship. We'd wow. bring the word. Uh, we would just do lunch with their leadership teams. We'd spend time with them. And then outside of that, Scott and I would meet up and we still do every fortnight. We still meet up and we still, and it's not always just business. It's how you're going. What are you envisioning? And it's both ways, right? And, and what that has done is just created this whole idea and it's fortified that local churches plant local churches. Yeah. yeah. Right. Then like, you know, as much as, as district and, and, and general uh, are there to be there as supporters and helpers, you know, for a worker on the ground, having local churches just in relationship support you is an amazing feeling. Yes. Um, and, and Scott has proven that, that and, and same with his wife, Naomi, that if, if they love on the church plant, which they have incredibly, and so has the whole congregation, you know, we plant in greater strength and greater momentum because of it. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. We, we talk about this all the time as district leaders and certainly as national leaders that people plant churches and churches plant churches and uh, districts and national office come alongside to support. And, uh, we, we know that that's, that's when we're at our best and when it's working most effectively when that happens. And, and, to, hear the, and to hear how uh, that relationship has grown, uh, you know, with your billeting church uh, is fantastic. <laughs> and I'm so glad to hear that because I think that's a good lesson. And maybe God is speaking to some people out there who are listening to this um, that might say, I think we could billet a church planter. You know, I think we could be, you know, an encourager, relationship builder. And, um, yeah, I, I, I hope there are people out there praying about that because I think that's super important moving forward. It really is important. And I think we, we got to realize that uh, the way that communities work, especially here in Canada, and it's the same in Australia, is that um, – you know, when we plant a church, we don't have to plant a church with the idea that it's going to be a mega church. We've got to plant a church with the idea it's going to change that community. Right. It's going to influence that community. Right. And if we plant more and more churches, and, and some will get big and, and, and see that vision, but not all of them, which is fine because the church takes on different flavors. Yeah. What we do need to understand is that that the communities out there exist that don't have access to to the presence of God. Um, and local churches have the ability to, to partner with church planners to change that reality. Right. So you're launching at the end of the month, this new yeah. brand new community merging with the existing church there. What are you most excited about? And uh, maybe what are you most nervous about? So I guess what we're most excited about is that we've been on this church planning process now, my wife and I, and the majority of our, our core team for three years. So that's a long runway. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so we're, re we're really excited to get into the, the, I guess, the functionality of church and, 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 the, and the regular normalities that come with, with a, a church service. But we're also very excited about to see where God takes this brand new community of people and where he leads them into places of influence. And so he's just been surrounding us with the most incredibly talented, incredibly passionate people. We've seen people radically saved out of different lifestyles and, and just bring those gifts that God had on their life that were being used in areas that weren't necessarily 
beneficial to their their spiritual walk and now engaging with the things of God. So I'm excited to see that happen a hundred times over and over and over. Uh, things we're nervous about, uh, I guess, like any church planner, like will will we grow? Is always um, <laughs> you know, and we know that God that God is up to something in our story really encourages us. But at the same time, we're, we're superhuman about it. We're like, wow, you know, are we going to reach 150 people? And then, then, then we peak, like, um, those are those, those are the nerves, but to deal with those nerves, we just make sure, you know, we serve a God that looks on the inside out. And so as much as launch is about making sure the outward appearance of church is a great experience. The reality is, is, is your internal systems, is what God's really looking at to make sure that we're going to pastor people well. Yeah. We're going to disciple them. We're going to grow leaders. We're going to grow, I guess, champions for Christ. Um, and, and some of our nerves is to make sure that we, we honor that trust really well. Right. Um, and that we're great stewards of people. Right. Um, and time will, time will, uh, I wouldn't say time will tell. I really do believe that we're doing our best and God's going to be in and through all of that. But there's always that nerves of like, you know, tweaking and things going wrong stuff like that and and we just hold on to the hope right oh yeah it's wet cement man you know that <laughs> first year there you got to have some flexibility you got to be able to kind of uh flow with how things are flowing and but well said well said about you. you know stewarding and pastoring people you know we we want to have these big gatherings and yep that's important good guest experiences excellent all that but well said on let's let's understand what's most important here it's the people that god's bringing us and uh what are some things maybe just quickly what are some things that that you're planning to make sure that you do that well you know what we just um we've just set up our our team systems god's been really great with bringing people from uh, the world that have great ideas with, they work within strategy, they work within uh, systems and management and, and putting in place, you know, well, this is what happens when someone enters church. This is their next steps. This is what the, the growth track looks like. This is where our pathways to different serving opportunities. This is our life groups, how they're going to get connected into this. We're going to be running a thing called the Academy on, on Wednesday nights where people can come and, essentially all our courses run on one night we offer kids program so they can bring their kids and then the mums and dads or whoever can pick a program for 10 to 12 weeks and and get trained in that area and get developed in that area and so we've we've actually um i guess focused a lot of our resources on discipleship and follow-up um knowing that if we build great christians then we're going to build great churches yeah um build big people Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. I can. I could just hear some church planters out there, just in their minds, just, just dreaming about having a building to be able to do some of that stuff. Because I hear from our church planters, you know. So while there is some difficulties, you know, work, you know, you know, some complexities in in your model, there's a certain benefit. It's like, yeah, we open the church on Wednesday, Tuesday, Friday. We have it every night of the week, and I hear from church. Absolutely. I hear from church planters there. I can almost hear them drooling on the podcast. <laughs> uh, but what a gift that is, too. You know, what a gift. And to be able to do that and to, you know, maybe have a little bit of a push ahead, maybe than some other church plants starting out. You know, and I'd encourage church planters to, you know, I know we look at schools and, and we look at different auditoriums to planting. 
but maybe open maybe open your heart to the possibility that there is a church maybe not in our movement that that really is looking for people to come in and it might be a, a rental agreement or a lease agreement but the reality is is if you can get a a, a location that you have access to all week round um then that's incredible and there is so many churches even here on the north shore that they don't operate they just don't operate and but they're not being sold because no one wants to lose the uh the the worship zoning right so they're not getting rezoned but there's just nothing happening maybe there is an opportunity and you you might just need to dig a little yeah that's good okay give us your 30 second pitch i like to ask church planters uh, give us your 30-second pitch on why church planting is incredibly important. So the Bible says to us to go into all the world and make disciples. Um, and, and the function of making disciples is only achieved when the church in itself is growing in location. And so as much as we want to believe that we can disciple from afar, the reality is if we choose to find a community that, that we want to see new disciples in, that we need new churches in there discipling people, leading people, a place for them to call home. And yes, we can do that through multi-site, multi-campus. We can do it through standalone new churches. Whatever way we need to do it, we need to be planning more churches. There's not enough churches um, for us to reach the amount of disciples God asked us in the Great Commandment to go reach. Uh, He didn't say go into all the world and make churches, but he did say go into all the world and make disciples. And the church is the body which is required for that discipling to happen. So if you're a church planner, or if you got it on your heart, or you have the ability to send a planter, then I really do believe it's a part of the Great Commission. Absolutely. Well said, Ben. Thanks for being on the podcast today. And uh, we'll track with you throughout the year and on our social media feeds to see how your launch day went. And uh, Thank you so much. we may do this again just to get a little bit of a catch up on uh, on what's happening in your church. Thanks again for taking the time, and God bless you. No worries. Thank you so much, Paul. 